0: Hi, I'm Han. And I'm Sheree. You're listening to It Just Got Real. So Sheree,
1: because your moments are so much fun, we're gonna do another moment with you this week.
0: Are they fun? Or are they just Sheree's problematic journey of building a company? (laughs) I feel like that's what every I feel like every moment I have is like me trying to be like the little engine that could. I feel like they're all like I think I can moments. Like it's just it's a thing. I feel
1: you on that. It's a thing. I feel you. Yeah. I mean, that's what this is, though. And I think that's what's great about sharing another one of these is for people to hear how they are like a lot of I think I can moments strung together.
0: Yeah. Because also, that's literally what this job is. <laughs> and also, like, a lot of times, like, whatever thing you're going through, I, it would be nice if every time we talked about a moment on the show, it was like, boom, and then we solved it with these takeaways Moving on, that thing is not real anymore, but it doesn't actually work like that. And sometimes you have to revisit moments again and again before you actually get over the hump. I think that's a perfect sentiment for 2020, by the you way. Know, last week I was talking a bit about like motivation and how I've been like really challenged on that front over the past few months. The show was the first time I really like acknowledged it publicly. Something about doing that freed me up to chat with Charles about it. And it was a really interesting conversation because as much as it's like an investor, it's like somehow neutral. And I think that's like actually like a bomb ass trait to have. And he never like forces. really is yeah he doesn't force Charles his hand. is amazing that way
1: we shout out Charles all the time but like really he is a truly special investor he is if you can like gain. when I talk to him I feel like he genuinely cares about my well being yeah in a way that is not shadowed by my company like yeah. of course he cares about my company he wants my company to succeed that's why he invested in my company
0: right but like he actually cares about me more yeah. So I, you know, spoke to him and I had to kind of have the conversation where I was like, you know, I'm actually doing okay. Like I'm in a good spot in life personally. I'm not like in the doldrums, but I definitely have been struggling with motivation and just feeling like can't get the energy to like do a thing and feeling like I need to do something. And one of the things he said to me really unblocked me. And and that's my moment you know, that was real this week, you don't have to do what sounds right. You just have to do what works. And that really sat with me because I realized that we did the thread. It was super successful, bigger than like I would have imagined it to be. But I started feeling like the things I was pursuing were the things that I could easily explain like to our board, I was really trying to do the, like, what can I fit in a nice, investable, scalable sentence? You know what I mean? And that's Mm -hmm. kind of the place I was building from. So I was like, all right, subscription sound good. And so we should, you know, do that. And that's scalable. And I can, like, create the financial model and say, like, now this is what we're doing. Not to say that that's, like, not a good thing to strive for, but the need to do that led me to feel very paralyzed because there were some things I felt like I wanted to do or that I should do that would resonate with our audience. And I didn't do them because they didn't quote unquote make sense. And it was really funny when I was speaking Mm. to him, he was like, well, think about the thread. He was like, you just did that. like You literally told us about it after. But if you would have come to the board and been like, we are going to do a all day long on a Sunday conversation series with like no famous guests. And that's going to be how we, you know, grow our audience and visibility and COVID. And it's not even going to be about travel at all. We probably would have talked you out of it. And I was like, that's mad real. So why, why am I not just doing what the hell I want to do anyway? Yeah.
1: I mean, that's what being a founder is all about, is doing what the hell you want to do.
0: Exactly. And it was like, I think for some reason, like closing the round, being so nervous about the thing I thought I was building, going to shit because of COVID, finding what felt like lightning in the bottle and trying to peg that into like the next scalable, growable thing. None of that was about like, where's the culture? And- how do we naturally take this to the next level? What are the things we're going to try? And when I did this thread, it very much came from the place of like, I don't care that this has nothing to do with travel or this or that. Like, this is just what I think we should do. And it was interesting to me that for some reason I got out of that. And I was very much trying to do the thing that sounded right. Meanwhile, like tastemakers as a business never sounded right, never sounded investable, you know, at a, at a venture level until it was. And it really, there was a certain freedom that I was able to find in like, you know what, it's okay to just do what the hell I think will work and to trust my instincts and to just do them. And it's okay if sometimes people don't get it or our board doesn't get it. Everyone took a gamble. It almost felt like I forgot that. Mm. in my quest to sort of be transparent and work with your board and work with people and the advisors and the, you know, forgetting that like the, the whole thing is like about what, what you think from the information you know about the communities you're building for. So it was, I really needed to hear that. And it gave me such a big release because the reality is I don't know what the thing is supposed to be right now. The whole fucking world has changed.
1: Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what it's supposed to be right now. Nobody knows. I'm so glad you shared that. It's like it's it's. This is really something that happens. I think in almost any creative work, which is, the minute it's got like some backing and there's money behind it, and like there's this exchange of value, it becomes much harder to stay true to your creative path. Yeah, for because sure. Because all of a sudden you have these other people that you need to please, and creativity is pretty inexplicable. It's very difficult to describe why something is going to work before it works. In fact, it's impossible. And everybody knows that like you're just bullshitting. Like every pitch deck that I've ever put in front of anyone, I was like, this is complete bullshit. <laughs> it's not like, even- thoughtful bullshit, but bullshit. <laughs> yeah. No, but the thing is, is it's not about that's what that thing is going to be. It's about you as a person. It's about your story. It's about your ability to sell. It's your, It's really about a pitch. It's not about like, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. Because once you start making it, it ends up becoming different anyway. And I don't think like when I tried to describe trash in the early days, like people would be like, Ooh, sounds cool. But like, they couldn't, like, they couldn't see it. They couldn't imagine mm-hmm. it really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not... It's not very easy to describe um, something until it exists. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't know that they want it until it exists either, to sort of quote Steve Jobs there a little bit. Charles is right. You need to, like, just do what you're going to do and tell your board afterwards. Like, report out to them instead of ask. Like, don't ask them for
0: permission. And I think it's it's less of permission and more of, like, gut checks and like, Mm. and, and wanting to be able to tell a story and be like, I know what I'm doing. That feeling that you need to have it figured out versus that you have some hunches and you're going after them.
1: Do you feel like you have to have it figured out on the regular or do you just feel like you need to, to do that storytelling once a quarter?
0: No, I, I actually feel like that quite often.
1: Really, because I usually just sort of like do my own thing. And then when it comes time for my quarterly reporting, then I'm like, hmm, how do I like <laughs> turn this stuff into a story? Because, of course, there's a strategy. But like like anything, some things work and some things don't work. And then it's like you have to kind of string it together. And that just gives me a little bit of space, like just enough space, like three months to go off and experiment and do some things and then come back and be able to then sit down and think about like, okay, I've got this stuff in front of me that I did.
0: How do I assemble these pieces into something that is meaningful? I mean, it, it kind of winds up in that place, but I think my general sense as I'm building tends to be one of, I need to have it figured out. And I think that's something that I'm like kind of unpacking now. Where it's like, what's the path to growth? What's the, I don't know. Everything just feels so noisy to me. And I'm like.
1: Yeah, that word noisy. Like, it really oh, is.
0: God. When you
1: have all those voices chattering in your brain at you. Like, how are you going to grow? How are you going to make money? What's this thing? What's that thing? Like, it's really hard to just focus and be creative. And come up with something interesting. When you have all those voices shouting at you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, think I don't work well out like that. Mm-mm. That's probably one of the reasons right now. I am finding an interesting balance between being offline more and sort of just leaning into other stuff. I definitely feel like I need that in many ways. So, you know, you know, I've picked up writing and I'm like trying to do that and, you know, just trying to find other stimuli that aren't so woven into Exactly what I'm doing because I think all of that just started to feel like one big blob of same, and I'm just trying to like tap into myself the same way I did back in March when I like thought of this whole thing. Um, and and to your point, it's also like keeping at it. It doesn't mean being idle. It just means like putting things that you believe in out there um, and pushing them and seeing where they go and listening most of all, to like, do people want that? I feel like I'm in a much better place about it than I was before that conversation. And I found myself even this weekend, you know, thinking about work in in a good way um, for the first time in a while.
1: I love it. It's really hard to do. It's really hard to do. I've been there so many times where I feel like I'm just like, what is wrong with me? I feel like I can't do anything at all. I've got like so much noise and so much stress and so much pressure and like, what am I going to do next quarter? And like, you just watch the money draining out of your bank account. And it's so hard to create when you're in that space Mm -hmm. of like having such incredible pressure on you. And I don't know that I have a good answer for how to get around it. I think it's different for everybody, but I do know that. Or I believe that cracking it, like cracking through how to work under that level of pressure that's the work. That's what we have to yeah, do. That
0: is absolutely. That is literally
1: work. our jobs. This week I was like dipping in and out of like the most doing a bunch of design stuff for our website and like art directing a video <laughs> for it. But then at the same time, like mad spreadsheets and formulas. And mm. like there was just at one point where I was like, I feel like my brain is about to explode. <laughs> like I can't use this many parts of it all at the same time. <laughs> this is just like not happening. Happening. (laughs) Like I can really I have to like do a few of these things in tranches, but flipping back and forth between so many contexts like that, it's it's not it's not conducive to creative work at all. No. But no that's that's like you said, that's the work. That's the work. But that's the work. We got it done. We actually we just put a new version of our website live today with a new design on it. So I was pleased with getting that done. Yeah. But moving on to record scratches. First of all, I just want to say, like, I don't normally do this.
0: And this no is probably going to- No disclaimers! Gonna... You can be petty hand today. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs>
1: right. No, but, like, I genuinely think that that you really shouldn't say bad anything bad about any other company. And you don't know how difficult things are. And it's really hard to make things. And it's very easy to criticize things. And so I usually keep my mouth shut when it comes you. to critique. I feel that. However- just, like, every time I turn around, I'm like, what is Triller doing? Like, I mean- it is so forced. I'm like, who is using Triller? And how did they raise this much money? And how are they throwing so much of it at influencers right now? And now they're having, like, a boxing match with, like, Mike Tyson, Tyson and Jones. I'm like, this is... I was just like, I don't know. Like, I was texting back and forth with a friend, and she was like, This is like the broiest Silicon Valley shit I've ever seen. And I was like, It's not even Silicon Valley shit. This is just broy shit. VCs in the Silicon Valley good ones, they don't like you taking their money and blowing it away on marketing. They don't like you putting it into stuff like this. This is like a bottomless pit. Mm. It's like music licensing. It's just like, you might as well just light it on fire, right? It's like, I don't understand how they're getting away with this. I don't understand how they raise so much money and they just seem to be like burning it with like, and who is going there? And it's, I don't know. It just seems really forced. Forced is the only word I can use. And it's it's kind of shambolic to watch happen. Anyway, that's my record scratch. And like, I'm sure there's amazing people working over there really hard at things. But from the outside, I'm just like, I feel like I'm shaking my head every time I see something happen. But
0: they could, they could just be putting shit out there to figure out what works.
1: Maybe. But then put something original out there. Like it's, there's nothing different about, there's nothing really that unique about TikTok, about about Triller. It just seems like a bad clone of TikTok from what I can but tell. But
0: they're trying to gas it into something else. I'm
1: sure some marketing person would be happy to trot out like all the points of differentiation, but they're not. Obvious, Yeah, that's true. I've never been on
0: Triller, so I actually have no clue. I
1: I mean, they've been around for a long time, and, like, shout out to them for being one of the first apps that was really hacking into this problem space that we play in, which is how do you make it easy for people to make a music video? Mm -hmm. But today, like, I mean, obviously the app has changed a lot since back then, but it just feels like a really basic clone of... Mm. Of TikTok and I just don't understand how it's financed that's my that's my real WTF is really how
0: how the money is working (laughs) I mean look at Quibi I mean Quibi is now like the like it's it's its own joke like it's its own which is like damn if I was those investors like that's a lot of money to yeah it's a little bit juiceroo isn't it it is it really really is it really really is speaking of other things that are getting on our nerves since that's our theme today um instagram like oh, like literally on my nerves the fact that i still really can't figure out how to make a post like who? it's, it's oh. it was like the moment i was like yep they couldn't fight facebook anymore like that's yep. literally how I felt about I this know, UI. I know. It just update. it's
1: just turned into like now it truly is Facebook. just a feed. It's just Facebook. It's just Facebook. Like it was the other week when they flipped over my messaging and I was like I just don't like the way the messaging feels. It just felt too like messengery and like I don't know, it just it got on my nerves. And now it's just like it is Facebook with a rainbow gradient it on really it. It really
0: is and I'm like It should never be this hard for me to do the basic function I come here for, which is to post a damn picture. Like this plus sign. The
1: posting is not the priority. No. The shopping is clearly the priority. They want you looking in that feed and scrolling as long as you can and clicking the things to buy. And also... Is it just me or are there even more ads these days? I swear I get an ad like every three posts. There's so many ads and they used to like not be in the stories so much. And so I would look at the stories. But now there's so many ads in the stories. I can't even watch those. No,
0: it's it's like Well,
1: maybe I this week I was like, well, maybe I will use fleets because I'm so pissed off at Instagram stories. Oh, my God. And then my fleet wouldn't post. I tried like three times. I'm like, Twitter, get your video infrastructure together. Seriously, what is this? It's still just got a little red like exclamation point on it. I haven't been able to post it. It's like stuck in the pipes and I don't know how to delete it. So.
0: It'll post one day when you least expect it. It'll just be there. That's happened <laughs> to me be before. There. That's t- and then I'm like, I'm so out of this moment, and like, here you are appearing <laughs> on my feed. <laughs> like this is not even what's happening anymore. So that'll be your fleet. That'll be. What yeah,
1: happens. it was very. It was a real like fail whale
0: moment. I was like, <laughs> I "You guys just launched fail-wheel. this new product, and I oh, can't even use it." <laughs> my God, I forgot about the fail whale. That was so good. Man, those were the days. Those were the good old days.
1: I know the internet was so quaint back then. I miss that internet. Somebody told me the other day I tweeted something and they were just like, that was a very 2010 era tweet and I'm here for it. And I was like, I miss
0: 2010 Twitter. It was such a beautiful place. Yeah. I miss 2010 internet, except the speed of it. But, you know, all the parts that were happening. I don't
1: miss 2010 in my life. I was a hot mess. But I do miss
0: 2010 internet. Yeah, same. I, I probably could say the exact same. All of the above. It was such
1: an exciting time. It was, like, just before mobile apps became a thing. Yeah. Like, a
0: really big thing. We were all just getting iPhones. Yeah. And now we're <sighs> just, in, just on our phones like a drug every day, which is kind of on my nerves. I th- I really just think I'm turning into an analog person, but that's for I,
1: I So day. I can't stand Instagram anymore and, like... I don't want to use it, but I feel like I have to because it's, like, where my friends are. And if you don't post stuff and if you don't reply to people on Instagram, people forget that you exist. They're not just going to, like, text you out of nowhere. Plus, there's so many people that I don't even have their phone numbers. I, like, only talk to them on Instagram. Oh, damn. Damn, damn, damn. But it's facts. What is going to happen over the next, like, few years? Because I know that we are not the only people that are feeling like this right now. I'm just, like... Everything about it, from, like, the design to the number of ads to just, like, it just feels like it's getting slimier and
0: slimier no, every it day. It is. And I just don't want to be in it anymore. I don't know. Instagram's on my nerves, and I don't want to be there anymore. But the world is there. My peoples are there. So I have to figure out how to like it again. Even for work, like, Instagram was our biggest, like, referral from Tastemakers. And the way this algorithm is set up, it's, like, as a, as a channel – not even like being what it needs to be so now i have to figure out like what's another channel because that one isn't working let's talk about culture well i have a couple things one i feel like i'm mad late to the game but finally discovering the colors channel on youtube so okay i don't know if you've seen like those monochromatic super bold looking performances like Moses Sambri has done one, like all the up and coming UK artists that kind of had the same voice, they've all done one. It's beautifully shot and produced. It's I think the guy's out of Germany. And then he partnered with someone that was based in New York, like an up and coming art director. And it's now like one of the biggest channels on YouTube and it's just beautiful. And I have been watching music performances on YouTube more in the past month than I ever have in my entire life it's like if tiny desk was like a super beautifully designed space like that it's kind of like that Mm. same level of like amazing and
1: that's cool I'm gonna check that out out. I haven't it seems like something I'd be really no you're
0: totally gonna love it you're I should I'll send you some of the performance it's really really good I love that Yeah.
1: On the topic of music and up and coming, I want to shout out a couple of new projects from two friends. One is my friend Barry Love, who has an album on Spotify called Soft Serve that's great. You should check it out if you're into like sort of R&B, hip-hop-y vibes, but like not necessarily. It's kind of hard to explain. It is a mood. Barry is a vibe. Okay, I'm going to look that up. Also, fun fact about Barry, I was t- speaking of Instagram, of course. I was on Instagram the other day and it was like trying to advertise me like a pair of pants that were just like some ridiculous price that you would never <laughs> pay for pants. I was like, what even is this? This is just like a joke. And they were like these leopard print sort of vibe. Okay. And then I scrolled and there's a picture of my friend Barry who has like amazing fashion aesthetic and runs a thrift shop and like curates clothing for other people to come by it's like he's got this whole thing going on it's amazing and he's wearing a pair of leopard print pants that look almost exactly like the ones that were in the ad and I like mentioned this to him because I thought it was really funny and he was like oh yeah of course I got those for five (laughs) dollars and I was like yep this is Barry (laughs) totally on trend for five (laughs) dollars what is Barry's latest
0: release called soft serve like the ice cream Okay, so what I'm finding on Spotify can't be your friend, but it's kind of the best thing I've ever seen. It's something called Senorita So Fine by Barry Love, except if Barry Love was like your creepy uncle at a at a party <laughs> with like a widows a with like a uncle. widow's peak and lots of bad Photoshop. It's kind of the greatest thing ever. I'll tweet this out this week when the show comes out because the Berry Love that I found is excellent. It's not your Berry Love. I will continue to search, but I was like trying to find it on Spotify right now. And this shit is for the ages. So I'll have to tweet (laughs) it out. I'll
1: send it to you afterwards. Um, And the other project is from my friend Free who has a new radio show called Yeah Free. And it is really, really good. I was so happy to have new music to listen to the other day when I was working, and it was just, like, the perfect amount of talking, not too much, but just a little bit to give it context and, like, give this give the show shape, but, like, mostly music and mm-hmm. just, like, extremely listenable. I learned some dope facts while I was listening, mm-hmm. and the music was just really good and really well curated. So first episode is out, but I'd highly recommend that one, too. Okay. And then... Speaking of culture, I'm also like way late to the game on this one, but I started watching Veep, which I know this is like Mm. old news, but it's really funny in this moment, especially, I mean, it's, it's also just really funny. There's like a an amazing joke like every 30 seconds. It's just like jokes, jokes, jokes. It's which just, we need and like, so our lives. many densely packed jokes, which I felt like I just really I need a lot of jokes right now. I need like I love watching comedy, but like especially right now at this point that we're in in the world in America. You're like it gives just like me the I don't want to watch anything unless it's gonna make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. I feel you. But um it's about like of course this like slightly out of control Veep who's she's got her foibles, but she also is like good at some other stuff. But it's clear that the president is like it's really interesting. You never see the president on camera. They just talk about POTUS and oh, that's how funny. The Administration is a mess, and he can't get it together. And they're like, everybody's, you know, trying to like take his job. And it's just it's so chaotic. and it like paints this picture of the West Wing as just like this absolutely insane, chaotic place where everybody's swearing at each other all the time. Oh, you mean everything like the is just current like one. Yeah, like a ticking time bomb of, like, some kind of, like, media disaster waiting to happen, like, every five minutes. Mm. And I think it it's just – it's very cathartic right now. That is the word I would use.
0: That's funny. <laughs> very cathartic. That's funny. The only other – I actually have a – I need to watch Beat, but I'm already, like, still not finished with Lovecraft Country or The Great British Breaking Show, which I'm really sad that I haven't watched. Or – the crown so I have like a, a backup of a some, some of TV, TV binge watching that I really wish I would have gotten done this weekend but maybe next weekend
1: <laughs> I've never heard anyone describe TV as something they wish they got done I mean like just, laundry I, yes I like do I little. wish that I went
0: grocery shopping today yes <laughs> I wish that I would have had a binge on TV because they don't come often so when they do I really cherish them I did watch something on Thanksgiving. Um, it was called Jingle Jangle, and even as a person who loves musicals, this thing was really difficult in the beginning, and I wasn't sure if I could. It was like overproduced, loud, but beautiful, and it, it the guy who wrote it used to do sort of mid market plays in the like Maryland DC region. And so the fact that he now like did this big you know straight to Netflix production, I think John Legend is one of the producers on it was like a huge deal like looking at his journey but the writing some of the story it was it ended twice like it literally ended twice like there was a there was a clear climax when it should have been the end of the movie but no there were still 46 minutes left to go. And there was like a, a, a double end, and I was like, "This is a lot." But overall, it was cute, and I like that it's called Jingle Jangle. But that's that. It is a struggle in the beginning, a struggle that I wasn't ready for with a full belly. But anywho, I still think people should check it out. I'd be curious on how other folks jingle in the jangle or whatever they're gonna do when they watch this. This
1: sounds like nothing I'm ever gonna watch. You never watch this. You never
0: will watch this. I know this firsthand. No. This is such a charade thing to have watched in the first place.
1: <laughs> but it's all good. But this is one of the things we differ on. Yes.
0: I hate musical. I know, I know. I should start singing. I should sing the outro of the pod. But I can't sing so I won't do that. <laughs> I will spare everyone. What I will do is talk about some takeaways going back to our earlier conversation, I mean, as much as like you have these moments, it still kind of boils down to like putting shit out there.
1: Mm -hmm. Sometimes
0: it's going to like take off and sometimes it's going to not. And we often hear stories of companies when they have hindsight to weave it into a story. It's kind of like you said, with your quarterly report, it's like, you do a bunch of things for three months, and then it's like, all right, let me go back and weave this into a thing that makes sense and sounds like I thought of it. And I think all the big, successful companies, we have the privilege of knowing their story while they have hindsight. So they can say that all these things they tried were always a part of the plan. But, like, usually it's not. It's usually, No, of course the, not. It's not.
1: Even the founder stories are to a large degree, like, crafted over time. Yeah, I, I mean, I know mine is. Everybody's is. Like, it's all the art of storytelling, which there's nothing wrong with because storytelling is an incredible art, as we've talked about a lot on this show. Yeah. But I think you you touched on – you said something right at the beginning that I really want to underline, which is, like, you have to put stuff out there. You don't know what's going to work. And so, therefore, you need to do those things as quickly as possible. Yeah. And, Like this is why doing things like design sprints or like using agile or finding ways to prototype things as cheaply and as quickly as possible to see what works is so, so important. Like running a lot of experiments, doing things as fast as possible. And as much as we've been ragging on Facebook in this episode, like moving fast and breaking things, for lack of better words, like
0: is actually pretty important. It is. It is. It is. It is. And I think aligned with that is that like it being polished isn't always the wave. No. It, it, and it's it's why
1: Facebook has managed to reinvent themselves so many times over for so many different demographics. Yeah,
0: it's true. It's true. Whatever you're creating, don't get so caught up on how you're going to explain it to others. Just figure out what the people want. And, mm-hmm. and 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 I would I won't even say figure it out. Follow your gut. Like do put things out there and the things that people want, the people will find like that's really what it is and you sitting back kind of mulling over it and 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 if the people don't want it it's not the end of your company or your thing it just means you got to put something else out there so that that's probably my last one i love that takeaway i don't think
1: you can explain things while you're doing things mm-hmm. it's like two different it's like two different whole parts of your brain I when I when I write in my journal, I for a long time, well now the one that I use doesn't like have this setting, but I would write with like white text on a white page.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: So that I couldn't see what I was writing. Specifically so that I can just write unhinged without having to notice my spelling mistakes or my punctuation mistakes. Because as soon as I notice that I want to go into editing mode and Mm. I want to go into like presentation mode and like fix the apostrophe that's in the wrong place. Mm. And like, that's not the point of my journal. The point of my journal is to like put the feelings on the page straight from the source as raw and as emotional and as uncut and truthful as I can possibly do. Yeah. And as soon as I go into that editing headspace, now I'm thinking about how I'm going to explain it. Or like, did that sentence make sense? Mm. And then it just pulls me out of the flow completely and I can't, and I can't do it. So yeah, I like taught myself to write that way where I would like write in a minuscule font or like make the font oh, white is. or like just basically make it invisible ink. And I, I think about that when I'm doing other things too. Like I can't, I can't make stuff and, and write the pitch deck in my head at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one or the other.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I like that.
1: I think that's the show. We got a show. Thank you so much for sharing your moment this week, Sheree. I really loved it. It was a good one. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. This is the second last episode of the season, I believe. This yes. is the penultimate
0: Penultimate episode. Does that, is that? Is this what penultimate means? The second I to last? I think so.
1: I just used that word right now for what? the first time in a sentence.
0: <laughs> I thought it meant like fifth. I didn't know. <laughs> Hold on. I'm, you Bear with us, y'all, while, while I do like my I'm like that Googles. person that gets a word a day in my email, and I was like, I think now's the time to use this oh word. Oh, my gosh. This is so... <laughs> last but one in a second last. Yo! And it is the penultimate. Everyone, this has been the penultimate episode of season one of It Just Got Real.
1: And next week, you will find us for the last episode, episode 30. And then we're going to be taking a short break over the December holiday, and we will be back in your ears in 2021.